G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is the second last of our Kingdom Come series, looking at Matthew's Gospel, and it focuses on Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 58, and the hidden treasure. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The Lord be with you. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 13, beginning at the 44th verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then, in his joy, went and sold all he had bought, uh, all that he had, and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for a fine pearls. When he found one pearl of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into fiery furnaces where there will be weeping and gashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of the house who brings out his storeroom new treasures as well as old treasures. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his own hometown, he began teaching the people in the synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this, isn't his mother Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offence at him. But Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honour. And he did not do many miracles there because of the lack of faith. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, earlier this year, a Yapoon couple, Kathy and Philip Hath, were clearing out the shed of a house they'd just bought. There they found a milk crate filled with bits of filthy metal. I looked at it and I thought, do we really need more stuff? Like, we've already got enough junk that we carry around with us, Miss Hath said. But then one piece of mangled metal caught her eye. 
I thought it looked a bit fancy, she said. Turns out the clock was 100% solid silver and was made for the 100th anniversary of the city of Melbourne in 1934. The Hearths later sold it for $48,000 at auction. Reading this story got me thinking. This is what many Aussies think about Christianity today. We might get dragged along to a service by a relative and think, this looks a bit fancy, but I don't need another commitment in my life. Or we might find a dusty Bible and think, well, this looks as if it was precious for someone once, but I don't have time to read it. Over the last few weeks, we've been seeing how Jesus has shown us how valuable the kingdom of God is in Matthew 13. Some people are cottoning on, but others aren't so sure. Today we're going to unpack Jesus' final four parables in Matthew 13, and we're going to see that a bit like the $48,000 bin clock, there is often more to Jesus than we assume. Our passage begins in verse 44, where Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now, Jewish law at the time stated that everything on a property belonged to the owner. As soon as you lifted something from another person's property, you were stealing it. So here comes this shrewd dude who stumbles upon a treasure. He covers it up, then goes and sells everything to buy the field and the treasure. While he gives everything away, he gets a bargain because we can assume he only pays for the field. The owner doesn't realize there's treasure on this plot. In a way, the finder defrauds the owner, but Jesus isn't encouraging dodgy deals. His point is that the kingdom of God is worth giving up everything for, because you receive so much more than you give. This week, I heard of a missionary in Spain who shared the gospel with a lady who had been searching for peace for years. The lady had thought about her life, realized there must be more to this world than living and dying. So she turned to the Bible, and while she was reading, she met the missionary who helped to understand the good news of Jesus. The missionary started taking the lady to church, but her husband wasn't impressed. While his wife had become more gracious and kinder, he didn't like the time she was spending at church, or the way her priorities had changed. So he gave her an ultimatum, choose me or God. The lady thought about it and eventually said to her husband, sadly, I can live without a husband but I can't live without Jesus. So he left her. This lady stumbled upon the kingdom of God and the gift of grace that Jesus offers, but she realized that following Jesus may cost us everything, and yet anything we give away is worth it for the gift of knowing God. The story has a happy ending, though, because ten years later the husband became a Christian as well, and the relationship was restored. Jesus follows up the parable of the hidden treasure with the pearl of great price. He says in verse 45, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. At first glance, these stories seem identical. And yet Don Carson points out, the one difference helps us to understand why we need both. The guy who finds the treasure stumbles across it by accident. The merchant searches their whole life. Jesus speaks to people who have just stumbled across religion and faith and says, Come be part of my family. 
it's worth giving up everything for. He also speaks to those who have been searching for God or even following him all their lives and says, Come, the kingdom of God is still the most precious thing going. Whether you're a lifelong seeker or you've just stumbled into church by accident, I want you to know that Jesus is calling you. He's telling you the most precious gift in the world is right here for the taking. All you need to do is see its true worth and receive it. Jesus' next story looks at heaven from God's perspective. You see, the kingdom of God isn't necessarily a land. It's a relationship with the living God. And like all relationships, it takes two to tango. Jesus says in verse 47, Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. It's a simple enough analogy, even if, like me, you can't fish to save yourself. Jesus even interprets this one for us and tells us the fishing trip is the end of time, the fishermen are God's angels, and we are the fish. God is just, and heaven and hell are real, so Jesus is showing us how things work from God's perspective. God won't tolerate sin forever. The word Jesus uses for bad can also mean rotten. So God isn't going to let rotten people into his kingdom. Heaven is a perfect place, so only perfect people get in. People who never hurt others, people who tell the truth all the time, and people who love God and follow his laws perfectly. The thing about this is that of all the billions of people who have ever walked this planet, only one person has ever lived a perfect life. His name was Jesus Christ. The good is a category of one. If I'm honest with myself, there's no way God should let me into his perfect place because I haven't lived a perfect life. I'm no axe murderer, but I'm not perfect perfect either. If I'm honest with myself, I don't deserve heaven. I deserve hell. I don't deserve to live with God forever. Jesus, the kindest person who ever lived, warns us that some will go to a place where there is weeping and frustration, an eternity outside the good things of God which we get to enjoy in this life. But here's the good news, friends. Jesus knows we sin and stuff up. At the cross, Jesus' perfection is passed on to all who receive it, and when we give our lives to Jesus, he takes our rotten hearts and makes them clean. That's why baptism is such a special gift. In baptism, we are identifying with Jesus and asking him to forgive us, cleanse us, and change us. So we repent and live better lives in the here and now. And when all is said and done, God welcomes us into his presence. The good news is at the heart of Jesus' final parable, of eight parables found in verse, chapter 13. In verse 52, Jesus says, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Now, the Bible wasn't originally written as a book. Instead, chunks of scripture were written on large scrolls, which teachers of the law would spend hours copying out by hand. When they had finished, they would keep them in storerooms and bring them out as treasures to read at weekly worship services. They joyfully bring out the old scrolls and share them with the people. 
Jesus says that someone who receives his gospel is like a teacher who gets to bring out the good news from the old scrolls and the new. Books like Genesis and Exodus. And also the good news from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The good news of Jesus. The good news that Jesus died for our sins and rose again to eternal life. The good news that we don't have to fear the future and God's judgment. The good news that we can receive the kingdom of God simply by giving our lives to Jesus and faithfully following him. This is Jesus' wonderful call, and he's sharing it with us today. Sadly, as Jesus wraps up this teaching, he travels to his hometown of Nazareth, where the invitation is declined. People are impressed. They know about his wisdom and his healings. Maybe they're going to receive him as the local boy done good, or investigate what he's been up to since he left home. Sadly, they choose to take offense at him. In verse 57, the people say, Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. There's tall poppy syndrome in Nazareth. Because Jesus isn't from the city, and he isn't from elite circles, his people write him off. Who does he think he is? He's up himself. He should get back to work in his dad's carpenter shop and stop pretending he's something special. Friends, every day God offers us the kingdom. He speaks into our lives. He shows us the wonder of his creation. And we say, no thanks, I'm busy. Or, I used to go to church but it was full of hypocrites. Or, that's just an old superstition. It's not for me. The thing is that as the people reject Jesus, they miss out. The closing verse is tragic. Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith, says Matthew thirteen fifty-eight. It's not that Jesus needs our faith to heal. False teachers have sometimes taught that Jesus won't heal us because our faith is too weak, but that's simply not true. In the Gospels, Jesus heals unconscious children, faithless strangers, and even a guy who comes to arrest him. None of them believe in him. Instead, the people's skepticism means that they don't come for healing, and Jesus' frustration means he can't teach or pray for people. They won't listen anyway. Jesus, like many prophets before him, is sent away by the ones he came to save. Friends, there is so much more to Jesus than meets the eye. God offers us his fullness. Sadly, like the people of Nazareth, often we turn God away. Every day, Jesus is offering to do life with us. Treasure beyond compare. Whether you've been going to church your whole life or you're hearing about Jesus for the first time, do whatever you can to grow in your relationship with God. You may think there is nothing here, but I guarantee you, look deeper into Jesus and you'll find you could all you could ever want or need. We need only to open our hearts and minds to this treasure, our faith. Avoid the trap of Jesus' home village, who are close-minded and cruel towards God's Son. Come to church, read the scriptures, join a Bible study, do whatever you can to draw closer to Jesus. Don't throw this treasure away.
Give your life to God today.